Hi, I'm Sabina. I'm listening to a Thai football podcast. Welcome along to the 10th episode of a Thai football podcast and it's an absolutely packed show tonight. We've got lots to talk about so I'm very quickly going to welcome Rob. Hello. You've been a busy boy Rob. I've had a trekking weekend mate. And alongside Rob's roving reporting we've got lots of contributions from people which is absolutely fantastic. Great to see. More the merrier. We always welcome any contributions from anybody about anything as long as it's vaguely connected to Thai football. I think that's the only condition isn't it really and it, and it is a family show and it is a family show bear that in mind anyway so we're gonna have to crack on because we have got a lot to get through so i'm gonna start i, I did get a match report from graham and again he, it was a, a written one so graham watson was at police terror against chambery so having to do this through gritted teeth but i'm going to read you graham's comments on the game from the weekend and then anything you want to add rob you can chip in at the end sure so this is what Graham had to say. And th- th- an interesting fact in this that seems to have gone under the radar. So we'll, we'll have a chat about that at the end. Cracking on, this is what Graham had to say. Ties to the podcast. Police Terror 3, Chambury 2. We don't lose at the Boonia Chinda. The win on Saturday means it's one calendar year since we lost a home league game at the Fortress. We finally got to see our big striker, Kwame. However, he was pulled off at half-time, insert own joke, to be replaced by the effective Siam Yap, and he got that goal. Great direct play from him, but the Chombri defence needs to have a look at themselves. Not for the first time. That's me editorialising, that's not Graham. Only our third win ever against Chombri, and despite it being a pretty evenly matched game in terms of chances and ability, I felt police just wanted it more. Chombri seemed happy with a point, police wanted all three. Another good crowd, and seeing some of the stats on Twitter... Looks like we're well up on last season's attendances. Chambry looked pretty weak in attack. Well, both teams did. Until Bayern Munich's Siam Yap changed the game. Cracking win, cracking night, bring on Ratbury, and it's non-existent nightlife. And then he just sums up by talking about some off-field stuff. Typical. Police didn't have the new shirts ready to purchase for the first game of the season, but we got our hands on them at the weekend. Unfortunately, it seems I returned home without it and my season ticket. Always a danger of that on a Saturday night. We can only assume what he's talking about there great value for money 1,049 baht for a season ticket and a strip they even look like they had added to the sizes this year for the larger supporter and have 4XL and 5XL available great news for Steve that must be one of his mates however he wasn't at the game as apparently Pizza Hut had an all-you-can-eat buffet special on part-time fan so there you go, Graham's comments. Anything to add, Rob? Yeah, there are other pizza chains available, but he's right. Don't underestimate Terro and Boonia Chinda. It is a fortress. Yeah, that, I'd say that completely took me by surprise. So if, if somebody had said to me, which team have gone 12 months without losing at home in the Thai top division, they would have been pretty low down the list. Yeah, could be a good outside bet for a cup. Definitely. Anyway, on to the next report. This was Matt Jenkins. Matt He's a Bangkok United fan and he went up to the game in Lampoon. And again, he sent in a written report, which I've read. I pre-recorded this. So let's have a listen now and then you can add anything you've got to say at the end, Rob. Tied to the podcast. Match reports. 
Friday 25th of August 2023, Thai League 1, Lampoon Warrior 0, Bangkok United 2. Match report by Matt Jenkins. Here we are on a rainy, mosquito-ridden Friday evening in Lampoon, a 45-minute journey from our base in Chiang Mai. A proper provincial-style stadium, with possibly the worst seating I've experienced at an away game, and all for 250 baht, one of the highest prices I've paid as a visiting fan, to sit on gloriously rickety scaffolding boards under rainy skies. To the game. What started as a friendly pre-match coming together of the players, with the away fans acknowledging the services of ex-Bangkok United player Micah Chunawansi and friendly handshakes and hugs between the captains, soon descended into one of the feistiest first-half battles I've seen in a while, with late tackles flying in, niggly fouls and a few cynical ones too. Bangkok United were clearly the dominant side in possession, but in reality... Lampoon probably looked more like scoring, and that's exactly what happened. The home side had the ball in the net, thinking they were 1-0 up, until our old friend VAR was brought into action, ruling the goal out for a handball that, whilst it looked harsh, clearly touched the player's arm en route to goal. The decision seemed to take an age, but eventually the ref called, no goal, and this is when things descended into chaos. The blue touch paper had been lit, and the intensity level ramped up a bit. A furious Lampoon side surrounded the ref and complained relentlessly. But this wasn't the end of it. Two more VAR incidents soon followed. Firstly, Bangkok United had a goal ruled out, with Eid adjudged to have handled the ball whilst controlling it, and then a few minutes later, when the visitors had the ball in the net again, our friends at VAR were called upon. And, after another lengthy delay, this goal, by Poklaw Anan, was finally awarded. At this point, Lampoon completely lost it, with Luca and the coach absolutely screaming at the ref, to the point where, at half-time, four policemen appeared on the pitch to restore calm and escort the officials off, providing a physical barrier between them and Lampoon's furious coach. If the first half was action-packed, the second half was the polar opposite and a much quieter affair, with Lampoon looking a bit downbeat and offering not a lot up front, with Murillo missing a golden chance to equalise. A few battles ensued in the middle of the park, but when Anand struck his second, the game was effectively over, and the last ten minutes were fairly uneventful. Lampoon played some good football, but didn't look threatening up front. I don't recall our keeper having to make a save. Bangkok United looked solid, but I feel I'm massively missing a playmaker or some wing-backs who can play a decent ball through to our hard-working and willing forwards, Mahmoud Eid and Willen Mortar. All in all, it was good fun. Another city done, and Lampoon looks like somewhere I could happily return to spend a day. So, with the three points in the bag, it was back to Chiang Mai for us to find any beer that isn't the one sold at the Chiang-dominated Lampoon Stadium. Thanks, Matt. That was excellent. And we do sound very similar, you and me, Matt. So, Rob, over to you. (laughs) Another good win. Eid's obviously top quality. Bangkok United just getting on with it. Not happy to see people haranguing the refs. It's about time somebody clamped down. It's something that's to blight on the game, really, here, isn't it? Um, And it does tend to to get out of control at times. I mean, when when you're having to have the police come on the field to escort the officials off, it's, it's not a good look, is it? No, no. Right. Anyway, we'll we'll probably touch on that in a in a later program. Anyway, reports are coming thick and fast. This is Kun Ob, and this is his report from BG's win last night. Tied to match reports. Hello to everyone at a Thai football podcast. This is Ob, or you may know me as Tactic Times on Twitter. This is my match report after BG Batum United beat Utai Tani FC. 2-0 on a wet Monday night. First of all, it's great to see 
BG finally winning games. It, it was tough, and I, I think the game showed many weaknesses in the Rabbits team at the moment. We did, we weren't the better team, you know. It's the home side, Utai Tani FC, who played on the attack and had more chances and could have maybe scored if they were more clinical in front of goals. Luckily for BG, you know, uh, Igor Sergeyev, you know, he's been our key man so far this season. He headed the early goal and then Shanatip added uh, the second goal for BG in the second half. Overall, uh, great results, but performance-wise, far from good enough. And many players were, were going down injured as well, so that's a big concern for us. And to be fair, <laughs> speaking about like about myself, I'm, I'm still high from the from the uh, Shanghai Port win in the ACL. And in my mind, I'm I'm only thinking about the ACL at the moment. Anyway, I'm big fans of the podcast, and good luck to everyone. That's great. It's great to have a new contributor as well. So thanks, Ob, for that. Rob? A good win. And well done, by the way, glassing the uh, ACL. No, that was a fantastic re- result, wasn't it, for, for BG? And a, a great performance. I watched that game and they were well worth the win as well. To come away with a win there is, is fantastic, I think. Yeah. OK, so moving on. Tied to the match Good evening from Konkan Stadium. The match between Konkan United against Rachaburi FC. The match ended a draw 2-2. It was an interesting match. The two teams fight for the victory. In the first half, Rachaburi scored the early one and Konkan equalized. Second half, Konkan made the lead and Rachaburi again can make a draw. The match very, very attacking. Both teams attacking. Hong can really up their level with the incoming Steven Langil and Lassami Karabue. Both of them we know coming from Rachaburi previously. Rachaburi, their new players, Mehdi Terki played for the first time, show a good, a good performance. All of the Rachaburi players also showing good performance. Again, they can have the ball position higher than the opponent, but they just cannot find the winner. There you go. Match day three of the Thai League, Rachaburi 2, away in Konkan 2. Good evening, see you another time. Cheers. Hi, my name's John and I'm listening to Thai Football Podcast, the thinking person's Thai football podcast. It was my pleasure to sit down the other day with Charlie Clough, who during the close season signed for Port FC from Nakhon Ratchasima. So this is me and Charlie. Thai Football Podcast, Welcome to the podcast, Charlie Clough. How are you, Charlie? Yeah, I'm very good, thank you. Thanks so much for agreeing to do this. Really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. First off, how's it going at Port? New club, new season? But yeah, no, it's been good. Obviously, it's a new challenge, different style of team. You know, they're obviously one of the better teams in the, in the Thai league. So different way of playing, obviously, when I was at Cora and this manager here, these co- the coaches at Port, they all have their own different way of playing. Um, so yeah, it's obviously trying to adapt to that. But yeah, it's been good. Um, I've enjoyed it. So hopefully we can have a successful season and uh, I can contribute. I guess you've, you've settled in okay then? Yeah, settled in okay. And I've obviously got, uh, they have a few um, Thai, half Thai, half Swedish. And, um, you know, you've got Franz there, who's Danish, half Iraqi, half Danish. So, and the majority of the players speak English. It was the Brazilian boys there that speak English. They've been in Thailand for a while now. So uh, yeah, no, it's it's a good group of players. The bond between the players is uh, getting better as we as we get on through the season. Obviously, getting to know each other better and stuff. So. That's that's good to hear. You mentioned a lot of them speak English. How, how's your tie coming on? 
Yeah, Nick Knife. I only know a little bit. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to, you know, learn. I always, I'm always asking questions and saying, oh, what does that, this mean? What does that mean? Um, so, yeah, I'm just trying to pick up a little bit. I could probably have a basic conversation. I can order myself a beer or something at a bar. That's about it. That's, I think that's where we all start, Charlie, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> so how, how did you end up signing for Paul? Um, yeah, I was contacted, I think it was in February of last season. And obviously, I was at Corat still when I was captain and we were obviously having a tough season in a relegation or a dogfight so yeah they approached me um, it was after the Bangkok United game in the FA Cup I think I had a really good game that game yeah they got in contact and just said yeah we're interested in maybe signing you at the end of the season and then we just started talking then obviously I was uncertain with my future at Korat obviously because if they went down they'd cut the budget or whatever they'd get rid of players so obviously I had my family I was just had my uh, baby girl then so yeah obviously I was looking after myself a little bit um, and looking towards the future um, so yeah no. so I signed here um, at Port I was coming to the end of my contract and I thought Korat might have offered me something halfway through because after six months you can talk to other clubs to uh, move on but nothing was said from Korat but I guess there was a managerial change around halfway through the season and then the old director come back so yeah so uh it's just football, I guess. And um, obviously, I looked after myself and I'm happy to sign up Port because they're obviously they're one of the better clubs in uh, in, in the Thai League. Um, obviously, finishing third last year and having a very good season. So, yeah, I'm happy to be here. W- was there interest for anywhere else? Yeah, there was a, li- there was a little bit, yeah. Um, there was a few other clubs in Thai League and abroad as well. But yeah, I won't say the names, but um, yeah, but obviously, I'm, I've signed here now. I've committed to Port, um, so give it the best shot here. So, do, do you find... There's more pressure at Port. Obviously, they're right in the centre of the city and they also attract quite a lot of foreign fans as well. Does does that bring an extra kind of pressure with it? Oh, yeah. And obviously, when I've played there with Cora, it's, you know, it's probably one of the better stadiums to play at just because of the atmosphere. You know, everything's very close. You haven't got the running track. It's like a proper, you know, old school English stadium, you know, with the atmosphere. So it, it obviously comes with the pressure um, being English as well. And like you said, there's a lot of foreigners that go. Obviously, they're, they're probably expecting things from me, obviously playing in England and stuff like that. So, yeah, there is pressure. And obviously, like I said, I did an interview with the club and I said they finished third last year. So, you know, if, if we don't, you know, do better than third, then obviously it's not worked out really. It could be classed as a failure. So yeah, the pressure is on, but you know, I'm experienced enough. I've been around the block, you know, um, I can handle that sort of a pressure, you know, and hopefully uh, can come good. Good. And you can probably understand a lot more that the crowd is saying as well, can you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I haven't, I haven't played at home. I didn't play that last game. Obviously it's new as well with the, because at Corat we didn't have because of probably the budget situation, we didn't have, you know, four foreigners, five foreigners or whatever. So the three foreigners played every game, you know. So here you've got like the the quotas, three foreigners, one Asian. So obviously the managers pick and choose the games, obviously, tactically wise. I think at home they're going to go, probably go more attacking, which would be more at home in front of their own crowd. They want to score more goals than the other team. So, you know, they might play the more foreigners attacking wise at home. Um, and then obviously when we go away to, you know, like the bigger teams, you know, the harder games, you know, you might put me in in defence, you know, so we don't lose the game or, you know, we can get get a draw or something. Because obviously if you win your home games and you draw your away games, you're always going to be at the top of the table. So, yeah, so I don't know how they're going to do it. Um, but, yeah, it's a new situation for me like that. And, and that, that's an added pressure, obviously, in training and stuff. You have to be on it every day because, you know, you're fighting for your place. What are the, the hopes and expectations for the club? Yeah, they want to win, they want to win a trophy. We, we want to win a trophy, uh, that's for sure. Be it FA Cup or the, or the league. It's going to be tough with Bury Ram with the money they spend and, you know, the quality they have there. But, yeah, I think... 
the group of players we have and the squad we have, I think we're capable of uh, pulling off something for sure. How do you find life in Bangkok? Obviously, it's it's very different to where you were before. Even even though Karat obviously is a, a large, major city, Bangkok's something else, isn't it? How how have you adapted to living there compared to where you were before? Yeah, no, I've uh, I've adapted quite well. Obviously, like I've spoke to you before, I said um, my wife and my baby have moved over here from Singapore, so I've got them with me. Um, I've moved into a condo, literally uh, one kilometer away from the Pat Stadium. I can jump on a grab bike, and you know, I'm in, I'm at training in three or four minutes so yeah no i've tried to make it as as smooth as as smooth as transition as possible obviously with the family as well and yeah i think it's gone well we've we've enjoyed our time here so far you know it's there's always something going on it's quite good for families you know um when it's not too busy to get around but it's it's good you know we can go to the the big shopping malls you know and stuff have a have a have a day out with the family get some lunch and stuff so yeah now we've enjoyed it and we are we've made the most of it so far does the club help with things like that like finding you an apartment and bringing helping and bring your family over and yeah they, yeah they do they do they do so they help with the visa and stuff uh we had to go to Laos and do a couple of days visa run because mine ran out from last year so then the, but they, they helped sort that out you know organize it um and then they also they also when i first signed they offered to like say you know get someone to help me maybe try and find an apartment but i used my contacts already that i knew here and just uh asked around and just you know we i just went we, we took a day just viewing a few places stressful day but yeah we found the one we like so yeah we're happy. When you played in England, you, you obviously you played at the lower levels, didn't you? What, what would you say to other sort of English players or players who played in the English league? Would encourage them to come across and play in Thailand? I don't know why so few players come over here and play, you know, in Southeast Asia. I think they're scared of coming out the comfort zone, you know, they're being in that bubble in England. English football is the best. Even if they're playing League 2, League 1, you know, National League. I'd say for me, coming out to Brunei when I was 29 and 2019 it's probably the best decision I've ever made in my career and life you know I've ended up with a, uh, marrying my wife out here having a baby you know living a you know a nice life yeah I'd, I'd say I don't know why more people don't do it but I guess in England when I was there you people say used to say to me because I always tried from like 25 onwards I always thought I want to go and play abroad and I had offers to go and play in Europe some places you know Iceland Belgium and I was always told by you know my agent and, and at the time and other older pros they said like if you go abroad you'll never be able to come back you'll get forgotten about here in England so I think people are scared of that but obviously if you come out here and you back yourself and you you can come out here and have a career you know for four or five years and a great lifestyle you know and at the moment if you're back home you're paying massive bills and stuff like that you can come out here you know and have a nice life and you know you can can put a few pennies away you know for after football and for your future. So you you definitely recommend it then? Yeah, I definitely recommend it. Yeah, from my personal experience, yeah, I'm coming up to four and a half years. I'm 33 next week, so I, I come out here when I was 29 to Brunei. Like I said, it's the best decision I've ever made. I've uh, enjoyed every minute of it. Moving out here, I got the passion back of playing football. Um, obviously, which was definitely going out over in England. Um, just you know, playing lower league football. I was, at, I was at Sutton, then I was Sutton at the time. Barnet, Forest Green, but I enjoyed Forest Green. Didn't enjoy Barnet. Then went to Sutton. Enjoyed Sutton. But yeah, sort of gave me a, a new lease of life coming out here. I had to reinvent myself, um, you know, and yeah, I think I've done that. And it's been a successful period out here and um, long may it continue. You're clearly enjoying it. Well, just, just before we go, if there are any Port fans listening to this, which I hope there are, have you got a message for them? 
something positive to uh, give them hope for this season. You've already said you you're going to looking at winning a trophy, but you've got about thirty seconds. You can give a message to any Port fans who might be listening. I personally think it's going to be a successful season. I think we will win a trophy. We have the squad to do it, and yeah, just obviously support us. Get down to the Pat Stadium um, when we're playing at home and try and get to the away games because uh, obviously that really helps us with the uh, encouragement. But yeah. Stick with us and I think we will have a, a good season. That's brilliant. Thanks so much. And thanks so much for coming on as well, Charlie. Really appreciate that. No worries, so, no worries, no, no worries. All the best for the season ahead. Cheers, Dale. Cheers, Charlie. Thanks ever so much, Charlie. It's a shame he wasn't busy last night, unfortunately. He didn't make the bench. I mean, he, he did say in the course of the interview, didn't he, that the tactics often dictate the selection. So maybe that was all part of the master plan. But that could have been something that was uh, behind the decision to leave him out last night. Yeah, well, he, he played in China, I noticed. Anyway, we've got plenty more to come on the Port Moncton game. And just before we go into that next section, we'll just clear something up. For a long time now, I'm not exactly sure how long, away fans have been banned at this fixture. So at the Thunderdome, Port fans aren't allowed. And at the Pat, Moncton fans aren't allowed. This is the result of some serious, and I'm say serious crowds, well, probably the worst we've seen, or some certainly some of the worst we've seen in Thailand. And they decided to make a blanket ban on away fans. Now, some resourceful people managed to break this ban and get in by not wearing club colours. And one such person is Mr. Rob Bernard. Would you like to give us a little introduction to your adventures in Nantabury, Rob? Yeah, sure. I mean, headed up there. No bother at Moncton. Good people, as you'll hear during the uh, report. Let's listen to it. Rob's Roving Report. Well, Dale, I hope you can hear me. Obviously, uh, the sponsors here. So, people playing darts outside the main stand at a big match. You, you can't make it up, can you? Um, yeah, I got the minivan. Took all of about 35 minutes for 35 baht. And it drops you at a place called Cosmo Square on the first floor there. Anyone who's coming to a game, do that. Go to Victory Monument, get on the minibus. Quick and easy. If you want to take more time, get the 166 bus. But it will take you a couple of hours. And you will laugh, Dale. Minding my own business, I bought my ticket. And two Mungtong guys wanted to interview me for the match. Asked me who I support, where I go and everything. I, well, I was a bit edgy there. I thought I was going to be refused entry later on. Let's see where I can find elsewhere. Right, Dale, so I'm at uh, the Thunderdome. Yeah. I've got Ricky with me. Hello. With his friend who's uh, just interviewed me for the for the club. Yeah. Ricky, what do you think the score's going to be tonight? Today, I think that Meng Tong wins 2-0. 2-0? Two zero. Two zero. Yeah, Meng Tong 2. Yeah, because we are Meng Tong. Thanks very much, Ricky. <laughs> where the S-Zone uh, all congregates. Atmosphere building up nicely. Kick off about 45 minutes away. I'm sat with some nice expats. Great place to come and watch football. It's uh, the Thunderdome. All by society. It's thoroughly recommended. Cheers. 
so that was fun with the expats and the good guys and they know that I'm going to be cheering for port tonight but no hassle they go to port and they cheer for months on quietly some guys haven't bestowed Derby for 10 years it's about time the clubs bang their heads together it's not as though the stadium's going to be rammed tonight clubs need money and need atmosphere and away fans and the atmosphere they create encourages own fans to come along why should the actions of a few spoil it for everybody not they that's not my problem it's easier said than anyway good fun here in the north It's near a kick-off time now, so I've moved round, and there's a very good reason whenever I come here as a neutral, I always come in the end zone. That's the end zone fan zone, right behind the main stand, there's my turnstile, and you can take beer upstairs. More enlightened than some of the clubs in Bangkok, I have to say. And a great crowd down there always make me welcome. I'm not sure if they're still doing it. I think it might have been uh, during COVID days. They were giving free Moutard out to spectators. Maybe at uh, half-time, who knows. Small cans of Leo around here, 40 baht. Tickets into this part of the ground, 150. Can't recommend it enough. Dale, it's gone very quiet. 1 0 to Port. Here in the 10th uh, minute. A flick on by uh, Hamilton. I can't quite see who scored the goal. Uh, just a quick mention to Mario. So, I do like the cut of his jib and his dress sense, but he's cut, dressed exactly the same as Port Keeper. Sompon, even down to the white boots only, Sompon's got uh, shorts on rather than long trousers. And he's looking a bit like an uninflated space hop for Mario at the moment. One ton nil, or one. 18 minutes on the clock and the home fans enraged. Sepovic uh, clean through on the edge of the box and shows to try and uh, lob Sompon. Keeper got his hands to it. Fans couldn't believe it that he didn't shoot hard and low. Teammate Pop also head in his hands. Couldn't quite believe what he was seeing. 18 minutes on the clock, still long Tom Hill, Port 1. So the team struck down the tunnel. It's 1 0 to Port at half time. Uh, how? I don't know because. Mongton played some fantastic stuff towards the end of the half. The pressure mounted. They've got some fantastic set pieces in their armory, but they're not quite coming off. Uh, there was one incident towards the end of the first half that I haven't got the best angle. A port player was through. He pushed it past the keeper, collided. The referee decided it was a free kick to Mongton. I would like to see that on VAR. I haven't got the best angle there, so I couldn't tell. Anyway, 1-0 at half-time port, but I think there's more goals to come in the second half. Dale, we're in the 52nd minute and we're checking a VAR for a penalty. Well, the answer, Dale, is giving a penalty to Monton, and that's the stupidity of VAR. It's got to be clear and obvious, and I'm not being biased in one way or the other. Nobody appealed, he got called back to the ref and he's given a penalty to Montauk.
Southdale. For those of you old enough to remember, Mario plays pop. The Brazilian puts a penalty away with a flop. It's one each in the 55th minute. Two on Portdale in the 66th minute. Nagupa with some excellent, tenacious play in midfield. Fed Hamilton on the edge of the box. One touch then struck across the goal. Beat the keeper, no ends up. The Brazilian Andy Carroll strikes again. He's having a good night. Well, Dale, we're in stoppage time and uh, Port has scored, but the linesman's his flag up. But I think there might might be a VAR check yet. There's a clever one too. The goal will seem to be going through. I think it's a goal. I'll be honest. I think it's a goal. I think he came round the back of the defender. There was another man offside which might have uh, caused confusion. But I think this is a goal. Still waiting. I was right. It's a goal. It's 3-1 Port. Naguba went through, laid it square, and that's it. We're in stoppage time. We're in four, four or five minutes of stoppage time. It's 3-1 Port. The crowd is streaming out. And to be quite honest, the third goal was always coming. They looked dangerous on the break. So, final score here at the Thunderdome. It's Montong United 1, Port 3. Port very good in the second half after what could be described as a very controversial VAR decision going against them probably about the right result fantastic advert for Thai football once again another good crowd I reckon about 5,000 should be a lot more though if only the clubs had banged their heads together been a fantastic football day for me on top of my amateur game yesterday three games in two days cannot complain back to the studio with Dale Well, that is fantastic, Rob. That was top quality reporting. I had to edit it, the whole thing last night and it actually felt like I was at the game. It was it was that good. You really caught the, the atmosphere. Thanks so much for doing that, Rob. Oh, thanks for the editing, making sense of it. Oh, it made perfect sense. It was such a shout. Leave stuff out. But as a special treat, there is a video going to be put together because Rob made a video as well. So we're going to edit that together, and that'll be available on our social media page, so on the blog, and on our new Facebook page as well. Just to add to that, please check out our Facebook and blog. We're going to be adding fixtures, so you know where, what's on at the weekend. Trying to make it an all-round service for you all. Right, so we've got plenty more coming up on the Mung Tong Port game. First up, we're going to hear the Mung Tong side of things. Ties to the podcast. Match Montong United 1, Port 3. The good, the bad and the ugly. Beginning with the good, for a Monday night, I think a 5,000 plus attendance was pretty decent. Surpassed my expectations, so pretty happy with that. In terms of the bad, I think anybody who watched would definitely say it was our defending. I don't think Port were amazing, but they really didn't have to be. But credit to them, they spotted our weaknesses pretty early on and took full advantage of them. With the ugly, I was pretty disappointed with the lineup, which seemed completely completely at odds with what we'd seen so far from the selections that Mario had been making. It's almost as if he's bowed down to peer pressure from social media and the changes that he did make just ended up coming and biting us back on the bum. He doesn't strike me as the type of person that would spend a lot of time worrying about what's said on social media but what worries me is maybe there are other people at the club that might do that and they may have influenced the team selection and whatever changes were made between this match and 
and the Bangkok United game prior did not benefit us in any way, shape or form. Still early days though and I still back the head coach to turn things around. Hello Dale, this is Kevin from Kickoff Corner and uh, this is my match report for Mung Tong United versus Port FC. Mung Tong United losing the game 1-3 to in the Thunderdome Stadium and let me tell you, it was embarrassing. Okay, so let me just start with this. Mario should change his style of play because he does not have the players that are good enough to play the brand of football that he wants to play. The passes are so slow, they are so predictable, and they barely create any chances. So I hope Mario is not stubborn and he changes his tactics. I would even recommend him to go 4-4-2 because today Port FC has already exposed how bad the defense of Mung Tong United is. But let me cut some slack for Mung Tong United over here because Mung Tong United did lose their back five. They lost the goalkeeper. They lost Buntawi, they lost Supon, they lost Lucas Rocha, and they lost Jasper Neom. So yeah, the entire defense is basically brand new. But if you know your defense is not good enough right now, what's the point of playing a highline football against a team like Port? Nail your basics, then move on from there. I know Mario wants to play an entertaining brand of football, but if you're gonna lose 3-1 to to Port at home, you gotta, you gotta bring in some changes. You cannot be stubborn. And also, the midfield, it's the same story like Chiang Rai United. Mung Tong United had a lot of the ball, but they are abysmal in creating chances. Right in the end of the game, they started whipping crosses into the penalty box. They should do more of that in the game. They should not play slow, short passes and be super predictable. If you play against Nakhon Patom like this, you're gonna get battered. Because first of all, you don't score enough goals. Mung Tong United needs to play Poramit instead of that Serbian guy, whatever his name is. I'm sorry, but you know, I might be a bit emotional right now, but they gotta give Poramit a chance. Talking about the defense, the left back, Tirapat, he was so bad today. He was not marking his man properly. He could not keep up with the ball properly. At this point, I think I'm just complaining, but I think you get the point. It was a disappointing match, and the fixtures are only going to get harder from here on. The next game, they play BG away, and then they come back to Thunderdome Stadium to play Nakhon Pathom. If they don't get any results against Nakhon Pathom, the season is not going to look too good for Mung Tong United. I predicted a top 3 finish for Mung Tong United. Scratch that. They better finish in the top half now, <laughs> because I don't think with that defense and that midfield, they're going to finish anywhere close to the top 3. Well, that's enough from my side. I'm done rambling, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it thank you for having me kevin i think think he was quite angry wasn't he he had had plenty to say there it's natural after a derby defeat they worked great last night but they've got plenty in the tank they'll be all right once they get the defense and goalie back well i think we're going to hear a little bit more about that now we've got a port report coming up and the goalkeeper gets a mention would you like to hear what toby had to say he was one of the port fans who made the trip last night incognito and he was very kind enough to send us this report about his time watching the game ties to a small group of us went up to Nantabrig last night to watch Mung Tong United against Port FC and it was a very pleasant trip up north as Port were 3-1 winners. Port went ahead within 10 minutes. Tardelli pushed the ball around the keeper and fired into an empty net after a smart flick on from Hamilton Suarez. But after that it was all Mung Tong. They huffed and puffed, no real end product, lots of diagonal balls to their wide attackers Pop and Cherensak but uh, very little of note came 
came from that one shot which our keeper pushed around the post I remember. The main incident before half time was when their keeper clattered Tardelli outside the box and bizarrely won a free kick for himself there. It was an assault more than a foul and I'm shocked that it didn't go to VAR for a review. And it was even more galling because just after the second half began there was a fairly innocuous collision in the port area between Supernan and their attacker and it incensed Mario in his stupid orange suit and his uh, coaching staff and the home fans in the main stand and they harassed and barracked the officials until they relented and went to VAR and gave a penalty which they slotted home. Really it goes to show how influential the manager and the fans were. You could possibly say that they were the star performers over the team on the pitch. They certainly had much more influence in that passage of play. Anyway, after that, normal service resumed for Port. Hamilton had a cute little swivel in the box and fired low into the net. And then right at the death, Nagueba beat the offside trap and squared to Tirasak, who made it 3-1. Well, I'd like to say the away fans went home happy, but of course there were no away fans once again. Uh, this MOU between the two clubs is just a document of convenience. You know, it would be very easy to accommodate the fans, especially on a Monday night game where you wouldn't have maybe a full house. The away end is three sections, so you could just put Port fans in the two furthest sections and rope off the section closest to the home fans and add additional stewards. But if I was a Wang Tong fan, and thankfully I'm not, I would have been quite incensed by how our bench celebrated, especially Madam Pang, who was running uh, around on the touchline and really giving it the big one. It makes you think if she can do it, why can't a few hundred Thai Port fans also do it? I would love to be there wearing orange and blue uh, celebrating instead of wearing uh, a plain old t-shirt surrounding myself uh, with, with home fans. But I guess as well because Madame Pang will most likely be the president of the Thai FA sometime soon that uh, she doesn't want any crowd violence or rioting before she ascends to the throne. Anyway, it was a great night out and I look forward to smashing them again at the home fixture later this season. Thanks, Toby. It's good um, that his views pretty much coincide with me. I was obviously in a different part of the ground. He sometimes come away and you think, did I see incidents correctly? It was obvious what the keeper had done last night. Ridiculous that it didn't go to VAR. I have to concur with his comments about Madame Pang. She's not going to risk her presidency. Unfortunately, it's going to be down Mang Tong to get this ban lifted. They're not filling the stadium. Port do for that fixture. Pang's got nothing to lose by keeping the ban in place. Good points. The crowd last night was 5-1-2-3. What do you think the reasons for that are? Talking to the locals, they just lost the vibe up there. I suppose being champions and having it all your own way, you know, they yeah. like realise they're not going to be catching Buriram anytime soon. But I think overall, attendances are up, aren't they, this season, which is very encouraging. It was interesting to see more coming in as the first half. It's, it's not the easiest place to get to if you've been working in central Bangkok. And especially on a Monday night. Yeah. Right, well, that's... Pretty much it, I think, for this week, and we hope you've enjoyed that. It, as I said at the start, it's great to have so many people contributing. So if anybody would like to get in touch and send us stuff, it doesn't have to be a match report. Uh, you can just send us your thoughts on, on various things. Entirely up to you. We're just throwing the doors wide open. Yeah, don't forget, get out there, see some T2 League Cup or amateurs this weekend. Thanks very much, Rob. So have a good week and I'll speak to you next week and we'll see what we've got in store for everyone then. Great stuff. Have a great week, everybody.
Hello, I'm Steve Darby, ex-coach of Thailand, and you're listening to the new Thai football podcast. You may think some of this is fiction, but if you know your Thai football as these lads do, it isn't. It's real, but no one will ever believe you.